Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 122. Holy cats. All right, New York. We have added a second show because our first show apparently sold out of the Nerdist Podcast Live. That was a 10.30 show, October 14th at the Gramercy Theater. We've added a 7.30 p.m. show. Tickets are at Nerdist.com. Also, we will be on October 22nd at the Aladdin Theater in Portland. So get tickets to that, too, if you are Portlandish. I do want to say that there was supposed to be a show at the Iron Horse in Northampton, Massachusetts on September 22nd. We had to move it to November 8th. I can't tell you why just yet. It's a work thing that I will announce in a couple weeks. So stay tuned to your not-television sets, uh, I suppose. Eh, that was a bad metaphor. Uh, all right. Nerdist TV show, September 24th. Please watch it. BBC America. Matt freaking Smith. Craig freaking Ferguson. Uh, Mike Furman is the musical guest. We did our podcast, and it was a fucking blast. So, September 24th, 10 p.m., 9 central on BBC America, right after Doctor Who. And I also want to announce that uh, I was a guest on The Todd Glass Show, which is in the Nerdist Industries Network. Uh, Todd is one of my favorite comedians. I went and did his podcast, uh, him, him, Daniel Kinno, and it was a blast, and he is going to put that up. September 12th, uh, in just a few days from when this one's going up. So I'd like to thank uh, GoToMeeting for being our continued sponsor on the Nerdist Podcast. GoToMeeting.com, uh, brought to you by Citrix. It's video conferencing software, simple and smart controls, uh, really, really intuitive interface. Everyone that you're trying to meet with can get on in seconds. It's available for Mac or PC. Uh, so if you swing both ways, that's pretty sweet. Uh, use it for product reviews, demos, sales presentations, training sessions, weekly status meetings, anything you want. Phone and voice over IP conferencing are included for free. So visit gotomeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code NERDIST. And now this show. This is recorded at the Just for Last Montreal Festival about five weeks ago. Why didn't you put it up sooner? All right, because I didn't. But it doesn't matter because it's an awesome show and you'll forget about complaining as soon as you start hearing it. Um, we did this live. People drove from lots of different places around Canada for Just for Laughs in Montreal. And uh, Bill Burr was one of our guests. And Reggie Watts was our other guest. This show is amazing. Not only just because I love those guys so much. They're two of my favorite performers. But just watching them kind of nerd out over each other was, was super, super awesome, too. Because I, I, I don't know. It's adorable, all right? It's adorable when people you respect do the, do the same stuff that you would do. So here we go, the Nerdist Podcast number 122, live but recorded at the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival with Bill Burr and Reggie Watts. Watts, Watts, Watts. Words. Now entering Nerdist.com. 
evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 29th edition of the Just for Last Festival presented by Videotron in association with Lotto Quebec. Just for Laughs is proud to present The Nerdist, hosted by Chris Hardwick with Jonah Ray and Matt Mira. We kindly ask that you turn off your mobile devices and the use of any type of recording device is strictly prohibited. We'll be starting the show in just a few moments. Hello, welcome. Welcome to the show. Oh, guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes, big C. I can't tell you, Jonah Ray and Matt Mira and I are so excited to be here. <laughs> They're not familiar with the show at this venue. Um, <laughs> All right, let's start the show. Are you guys ready to start the podcast? Please welcome to the stage my co-hosts Jonah Ray and Matt Mira. <laughs> Jonah Ray and Matt Myra. Mira Bowie. Matstronaut. 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 Oh, I was shit. just talking to Pete Holmes and saying how great Name it is. drop! <laughs> is that, uh, how great it is that a lot of the Canadian folk will pronounce my name correctly. Mira Bowie. They say Myra. Myra well, Bowie? Yeah. Uh, well, they don't say Bowie. They should. I feel like they shouldn't. <laughs> Has really... anyone thought of a nickname for Jonah yet? <sighs> no. Exactly. <laughs> Too perfect a name, Jonah Ray. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pretty great name. Thanks. I used to be embarrassed by it. Well, because it's not your real name. No, it's my, it is. It is, though. My middle name is Ray. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah. Jonah Ray. And then... What's uh, the rest of that? It's very ethnic and embarrassing. Jonah Ray asshole? No. <laughs> that wouldn't be embarrassing. <laughs> it's, it's Rodriguez. Yep, Rodriguez. Yeah, You're por Portuguese. Portuguese version of Rodriguez. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Good television, this is. <laughs> John, we're actually not on television at all. This is the, the <laughs> what am I doing here, then? I'm so excited that you guys got to come up for the for the festival. Yeah, I'm in the festival myself. Yeah, I know. you. Yeah. Jonah did a set last night at the Comedy Works. That was and, fun. And you said you had an amazing set, and then you said you got to talk to Steven Weber afterwards. Me and Deanna, my girlfriend, got to talk to Steven Weber of Wings fame oh. for a good 20 minutes. I'm not sure if you guys are aware. Did you ask him the ins and outs of Sandpiper Air? I, no, I did not. Was he, Crystal Bernard with him? Neither, no, she wasn't. Damn it! Yeah, but he did get to hear us gush about how good his performance was in the TV version of The Shining. Oh. Which it was. It was. Go back and watch that. He is fucking flawless in that. He didn't get enough credit. Also, his Twitter, one of the best around. He is, but, but can we just And also, he's Stephen fucking Weber from Wings. He's super cool. But yeah. can we just take a side step for a minute and talk about how, I don't, I get Stephen King is a great horror writer and he's very prolific. I don't think he understands film and television too much. Like, he didn't like the Kubrick version of The Shining and that's why they, they remade the TV Well, did version. you read The Shining? There's like bushes coming to life as monsters and eating people. He probably really liked the, that a lot. The Shining swept the first Razzies. Really? Did yeah. It? The original Shining? Yes, the original Shining. What? Yeah, it wasn't well received. That's that bad. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah. It's got a guy in a bear outfit sucking off a dude in a tuxedo. It's got a pretty lady that turns into an old lady with shit cut out of her back and she's 
too toothless and Yet those tits were enough for me to beat off to when I was a oh, kid. Oh, enough. Yeah. Very telling. That was good. Yeah. Thanks. Wait, did you did you pause it before she turns into the old lady, or were you like, nah? No, with just, the old lady. I, I just, see yeah. I see things through. I timed it just I, I came right when she turned old. So that means you were you were jerking off to yeah. Jack Nicholson walking through a hotel room. Yeah. I'm alright with that. That doesn't get you going? Yeah, yeah. You didn't you didn't you didn't, you, you didn't get the twins? Come play with us, Myra <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Forever and ever. I like. I jerk off to the blood gushing out of the uh, elevator. I jerk. I jerk <laughs> off to. I, sh- I jerk off to Shelley Duvall's ear-splitting shrill. Yeah. <laughs> no, the best part is her like uh, with the bat. Just like. <laughs> She's not gonna hurt anybody with that. Oh, fun. What else are you gonna do while you're in Montreal? Uh, I got a show tomorrow night, very far away. I got a flight in eight hours. Oh, you're yeah. leaving tomorrow morning? Yeah. Holy shit. You know who was on our flight coming here? Uh, Tony Danza. No. But wouldn't that have been awesome if I was right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and if he was, if I just got to meet him. The Dans. The Dans, man. Yep. Um, no, uh, John Landis. Director John Landis was Holy on our shit, flight. Holy shit, really? Yeah, we saw him yeah. in the waiting area. And then uh, when I was coming onto the plane, you know, I was walking by him because, of course, he was in first class. And uh, in my head, I was like, hey, you know, I want to I talk to him, but I don't want to because he probably has people coming up and asking about his movies all the time. I'm walking by him, and he's talking to the guy next to him, going, uh, "Probably the, the most starstruck I've ever been it was a, it was at the Thriller premiere." And uh, Michael oh, wow. and Michael's telling me to come over here, and I can so he can introduce me to. And then I was out of earshot, and I was very. <laughs> he, uh, I'll always be wondering. He was talking about Thriller. John yeah. Landis ran through security, yelling that he was late for his flight. Really? Yeah. And then was just sitting there an hour before the flight. That was a long time. So he pulled a kind of an awesome move. That was good. I'm John Landis. I'm late, <laughs> I'm for, John my Landis. I'm late for my flight. Yeah, that'd be a fun show, The Landis Factor. We just try to see if John Landis can get through different security yeah, checkpoints exactly. by shouting yeah. who he is. You don't want to fuck with John Landis though, because uh, if he where had a, will his plane Landis? If uh, if he if he had a helicopter, you got to watch out. <laughs> and we will edit that out at twelve sixteen. <laughs> You edited out my uh, baby raping joke from last live show. Sorry. (laughs) You'll just have to pleasure yourself to the memories of it. Yes, I cut out the kid fucking joke from the Doctor Who panel. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry I didn't open the show within the first two minutes about baby fucking. No, it's all right. um... (laughs) You blame me. I got a text. What about the baby fucking? I was like, it wasn't... Christ. I, ra- I rarely ever listen back to the shows, but for some reason I had it on, and I was like, I was like, wait, but, wait a minute, fuck you. First of all, what? I rarely listen to the shows. For some reason, I had it on. I don't know why. Do you listen to all the shows? I don't. Li- I don't like the sound of my voice. I, I, I don't like listening back to the stuff we've done. Actually, I don't listen to the shows either. Oh well, fuck you. Okay, no, you're right. Fuck me. Back on me. Any of the three of us between us have listened to a full episode of the show? We. Sh- I should because the- I feel like there are so many bits that could. I could have a whole new hour of material just based on 110 hours of fucking around. Or like a t-shirt for someone to have. Yes. (laughs) I would have so much material if all I could do on stage by myself is make fun of Matt Myra. (laughs) (laughs) You can. Yeah, to this crowd. Yeah. This makes me think we could actually tour the podcast. If people in Montreal, another country, come out to our show. Uh, Montreal, a city that... Hates America and every other Canadian city. And apparently, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't even try. Like I came to Montreal last year, and the dr- the driver who was from Quebec, from from Montreal. Every time I said another place, she was like, "Oh, don't tell anyone from Montreal that." And I was like, 
I'm from California. Don't tell anyone from Montreal that. They'll get mad. And I go, she goes, where'd you come from? And I was performing in Toronto. Don't tell anyone from Montreal you were just in Toronto. Jesus. I'm like, do you guys, do you guys just want to create a biodome over Montreal? Yeah. Montreal, we're still way into pay phones. <laughs> <laughs> In French, it sounds a lot nicer. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, there was uh, three guys here uh, that drove six and a half hours to see us. I know, and they almost didn't get in because yeah, the show was full. Because so <laughs> now, and I'm, uh, they're nice guys. I met them and talked to them. They're from Waterloo, uh, which is six and a half hours away, and they dr were dri driving here. They forgot to check to see if the show was sold out, and now that's uh, dumb <laughs> and also insulting. Because they just figured, that's not going to... Why would it sell out? That was probably a conversation they that had. That is a typical comic to find the negative in three guys driving six and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't assume They didn't assume that the show was going to be sold out. What a bunch yeah, of yeah. fucking jerks. Yeah, if they liked us so much, they should have assumed so. I'm hey, sorry. Hey, where are the fucking cakes you should have brought? Like, you just find things. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I bought them beers. I felt bad for them. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for driving all the way from Waterloo six and a half hours. That was very kind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did. There they are. They're in the back there. I, uh, you guys should have luck getting laid here. I heard last night that it's four to one, ladies to guys in Montreal. Is that true? That's, That's true what our fact? bartender said. And bartenders don't lie. No, no. No, or aren't secret pimps. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, she said that at three o'clock, that bar closes, and then they just do blow off the counter. Yeah, exactly. What? Thanks, Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> Montreal's also got a really weird uh, Chinatown, where it's only a portion of Chinatown. You go in, and then it's like a Chinese restaurant. All right. And then it's a Japanese restaurant, a Thai restaurant. Uh, so it's really Asia town. So it's, yeah, like, it's Asia town. It's like Epcot Center's showcase of the world. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But That's probably just, what they designed yeah, it after. But it's like if it were just like, you know, everyone, they would just go, Spain town. And then it's like, you know, Germany. And Mexico. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's fucking racist. Any, any, any Spanish-derived country, yeah. like... Portugal. Portugal, yeah. I wouldn't say this normally, but Montreal, your Chinatown is very racist. <laughs> <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't normally say that? No, I wouldn't normally say that in any other circumstance. <laughs> hanging out anywhere else, I wouldn't say Montreal. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Do you feel like your Chinatown is racist, Montreal? Yeah. Oh, wow. Right? Oh, you've, you've touched a bit of a hot-button issue, yeah. Jonah. <laughs> I've been saying that for damn near 12 years now. Yeah, exactly. I also heard you can get blow really cheap here. Is that true? This, you're getting all of your information about Montreal from one bartender. <laughs> <laughs> she, also, she also told us that there's something called the Sunday Picnic Electronique. What? Where you go and do E. Was that yes, those... someone is saying yes. Oh, $5 for a hit of E. That's what I hear. Yeah, but you can't bring outside E. You've got to buy from the dealers on the island. This place is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen many of movies that turn out real bad like that. No, bro, it's this great place. You go to this island, and they have drugs for you. Let's go, man. Sure, bro. Thanks, bro. Bro's out. <laughs> that was the first draft of Jaws. <laughs> uh, I guess we better put a shark in there. This is just people buying drugs. Uh. I can't blow up this shark. I can't <laughs> Martin, we have a fish problem. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger mirror to do blow off of. <laughs> I, your bit, in, I, on the mirror, I had fogged up because I was trying to steam this shirt to get the wrinkles out. So uh -huh. the mirror was fogged up, and I wrote, don't blink on the mirror. Oh, <laughs> excellent. The only crowd where anyone would know yeah. what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I would have done, some, done something like a... Yeah, you know, that's a little scarier. 
I guess so. But if the next person that gets <laughs> the room is a Doctor Who fan, it's going to be fucking awesome. So yeah, yeah. Terrifying. The odds of that are pretty high. <laughs> yeah. They don't stay at the Delta? <laughs> <laughs> they might. They might stay at the Delta. Or the message itself might summon the TARDIS. Wait, is that some kind of bird summoning the TARDIS? <laughs> That's my uh, owl TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, the owl TARDIS. My TARDIS is an <laughs> owl. The chameleon, circuit, summon the chameleon the circuit froze on owl. Cum TARDIS. <laughs> it's a cum TARDIS. It's a cum TARDIS? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a TARDIS. Right as the comment. lady turns old, the TARDIS yeah, appears. Oh, we, we gotta go to 1892. Oh, I'm being fuck. summoned. Oh, the TARDIS is being summoned from my balls. Here comes the doctor. <laughs> You call your semen the doctor, too? I'm regenerating! I'm regenerating! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's like what you say after sex. Just like, oh, just give me a second, Emma. Regenerate. Just gotta regenerate. Just gotta <laughs> regenerate into a different person to cuddle with you. <laughs> this time, my cock wears a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, of course, a vagina bigger on the inside joke. Yes, Boom, yes, done. yes. Uh, Boom, smack, we're done. Yeah. Uh, your balls are companions. This can go on forever. Yeah, this yeah, can yeah, go yeah, on yeah, forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Selena coming out of your ass. Uh, you Selena? Know, uh, Selena, yeah. Selena. Slavine. Slavine. Rest in peace, Selena. No. Oh. S- S- <laughs> She's up there. <laughs> One time we were, I did this funeral for this biker who died. Uh, How did he die? I'm From bikering? From not wearing a helmet. Uh, in New Hampshire, you can not wear a helmet and die. Uh, <laughs> the uh, So we had this bringing the, the, all the bikers lined up. She was in this biker club, and all the bikers had lined up, and they were putting the casket into the hearse together. And uh, a little, like, the, nor- the nor- northern star had appeared because it was dusk, and one of them points and goes, oh, look, that's D! And then they all go, oh! <laughs> and I just, I laughed really hard. <laughs> and had to, like, I had to walk faces. away. Yeah. <laughs> I had to walk away. I laughed a lot at funerals. It probably wasn't for me. I laughed... <laughs> I laughed at my grandfather's funeral a lot. There was a girl behind me. I was sitting in the back because I didn't want to be near my family, and I was sitting. <laughs> and there was some lady whose phone was ringing, and there was one of those things where she didn't realize it was her phone for a bit. So it was like, you know, and like she's like, oh, oh, and then I was kind of was like laughing with my friend. I was like, oh, that's like so mean to not turn your phone off, your phone off. And then like, uh, then she's like, she looks at it, and then she puts it on silent, and then just goes, oh. And then she answers the phone. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Answers the phone. She's like, hey, I can't talk. What's that? Oh. Really? That's so funny. And then gets up and serious? walks out. Yeah. yeah. The way she should have played that off is answered it and been like, oh, guys, it's Grandpa. Yeah, it's Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has a message. Yeah. He's figured out phones. The money is in the drywall. <laughs> um, I want to start the show because we have a... Co- I mean, we this started this the show. Oh, yeah, we started yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we started the show. But we have a couple of fantastic guests. I want to make sure they get plenty of time. Guys, I want to bring on Sage. Uh, this guy, is, he's been on the podcast before. He has his own podcast, and he is legitimately one of my favorite comedians. Please welcome to the stage, Bill Burr! <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Yes. Oh, there, there are some here to choose from, too, which they pulled out of a cooler in the back, and all the ice is melted, huh. so it really is just a hand wash basin with beverages in it. I took a drink out of my, like, the Pepsi. I didn't wipe the top of it, and then I, t- no, I was like, oh, hand dirty water. Dirty hand water. Hey, I got to admit something. You, got, you changed when you were describing the difference between nerds and hipsters. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, 
I didn't never saw the difference. No offense, <laughs> but like, you really streamlined my hatred. Like I all of a sudden looked like, oh yeah. It's like when someone explains the difference between like Koreans and Vietnamese. <laughs> you're like, oh, oh you yeah. I guess which one they, you're they, hate. I yeah. see it now. Now so I see it. The laser sight went past nerds and just went straight to hipsters. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Jesus Christ, I'm not trying to commit professional suicide up here. I, these are the <laughs> motherfuckers I hate right here. <laughs> So I, how many how many festi- how many just for last festivals have you done now? Well, I came here in '73. Oh shit! Wow. This, I was doing this Nixon one man show. No, uh, <laughs> I, Rich Little? I came here in, in maybe '97 was the first time when I was, uh, and then I think I've done it. This is my fourth one. Oh wow! I believe fourth one. Yes. That's cool because you were here last year as well. Yes, I was. And you did. Uh, have, have you guys seen Bill live before? Yeah. You should. The rest of you. Of them. The rest of you need to. You, d- you did this thing last year. Sometimes, like, this is a young, fun crowd. Uh, some of the shows at the festival... Did you, you know, hear that? Oh, I know. <laughs> um, some, <laughs> some, some of the shows you perform at, it's a little earlier shows, like median age, 55 years old. Okay, so a little bit older of a crowd. And last year, Bill uh, opened his... Uh, op- the top of his set was all, that whole bit about how when people say... There's never any reason to hit a woman, and you go, yeah. "Come on, sometimes there's a reason." And the the and you go, "I'm not saying you should do it, but sometimes, come on." Yeah. And so you immediately like the crowd, like you could just hear their Canadian assholes slam shut, uh, and you fucking grab them by the scruff, and they loved you by the end of the set. Yes. You actually completely turned turned it around. It was one of no, the most that was one of those crowds. Some crowds you gotta gain their respect. Some of them you gotta ease into them, and then others you have to tell them. And I just, that was, I did a lot of pointing. (laughs) 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 No, the bit was basically uh, we were watching The View, uh, me and my girl. And, and at some point, they were talking about domestic violence for the nine millionth time this year. You know, just <laughs> Isn't that what this entire show's about? I don't know. <laughs> I just see them with their shoes and it annoys me. Their <laughs> shoes. And uh, they said, there's no reason to ever hit a woman. There's no reason. And that's where the bit started. I was like, really? I could give you like 17 right off the top yeah. of my head. And the bit was, I'm not saying you should do it, but there's plenty of reasons. Yeah. I c- sort of separated it that One, way. One, she's Ava Braun. <laughs> 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 yeah. Take that! Why take her? that! The view. <laughs> so it was really, but it, it was a really good lesson in that you know that you can you can fucking lose a crowd for a second, but if you stick to it, you know, like you can really. I learned that through playing hell rooms. Like they, like I tried, like when everyone was talking and they wouldn't listen, you you think like, oh, I gotta be louder. I gotta yell at these people. So then when I, I kind of learned this style. Will you just say something completely ridiculous? Like, yeah, you should hit a woman. People, what? what? <laughs> and then they listen, and then you sort of backtrack, and then you go into what you're doing. And so, like, and, you know, and then also I just think everybody's really educated the comedy at this point, like with, with being on YouTube and making your own videos, and people who aren't even comedians are actually learning what plays and what doesn't. So you really have to kind of disguise which way you're going with it. So... I don't know. I guess it also comes in handy with old people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it does cuz a, a lot of the some of the Canadian audiences are very they're very polite. And so you'll do the show and you're like, "Oh, I don't know if that went very well." And afterwards they were like, "You did a really nice job up yeah. there." Yeah. As she <laughs> hugs you with her old tits while Myra Bowie jacks I'm listening, off. I'm listening, yeah, I'm listening, I'm listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but how have you seen, you know, like in, in the last four years, have you seen, or however, when did you first do the festival? 97? yes. Have you seen it change in the last uh, 14 years? Absolutely. It used to be like a testosterone, like club comic, 
you'd be standing and that you were trying like first of all there was like the industry you could get a deal here and yeah. like like uh, insane stuff like and and but it was really like a club comic kind of thing and the guy in front of you tried to blow you off the stage and like so you couldn't follow like it was really really fucking competitive um, and now I don't know it's sort uh, of the anti that in 97 was it easier to find a schedule and a map <laughs> <laughs> no it's always been like All that. Right. It's, always, it's always been crazy but like now like uh, I feel like a, a dinosaur at this thing doing sort of straight club comedy like you know there's a lot of just different kind of st it's weird like I came up I started in 92 so uh, at that point, any sort of prop, any sort of musical instrument, it was just all, it was like really a snobby era. Mm -hmm. Like they even were looking down on high energy guys. That if you use, you know, like a real comic just stood there and could just not even blink his fucking eyes <laughs> and could kill. And I remember, you know, like 10 years ago, you, you started, you know, looking at Andy Kaufman and all this stuff going like, dude, if that guy ever tried that stuff today, they would look at him like he was a hack. So I'm actually psyched that a lot of that stuff came back and uh, so that's what I would say would be the difference in this festival is that like this, like that whole dynamic, r for the most part was not, uh, was not here, especially from American comics. You know, maybe a couple of European guys would come over with like an accordion, <laughs> and then we'd all just be like, "What the fuck is this bullshit?" <laughs> you know, that's what is funny about coming to the festival is, is you know you see guys come over who are legitimately the biggest acts in their country, right? And they come here and not a lot of people know who they are, and they're, so they're. You know, I think there's a misconception that because, especially with America and Canada, because we like we speak the same one of the same languages, right. but we don't really, you know, like there are enough cultural differences that we're not actually that similar. So a lot of the stuff doesn't doesn't play as well. Yeah. Other than your riots, that's like <laughs> the most, that's the most American thing you guys do. Like, you know. I was surprised at Vancouver. I was like, I loved I, it. I, I loved that they did that. Fucking Michael Moore made it look like a goddamn utopia up here. <laughs> you can leave your doors unlocked and people hug you. They don't even know you. And then you just see them. We didn't win the shiny thing. And they just burn everything down. Go, yeah, see, they're just as fucking dumb as we are. I love it. Yeah, it was, it was. I saw a video. There was a YouTube video of like this guy that was trying to keep people from burning his car, and he was like, he's like, stop <laughs> it! And then they beat the shit out of hey, him. And you, I was like, hey, you and us, we ain't so different. Yeah. <laughs> Rule number one: you never show fear in a riot. <laughs> you gotta come with, you gotta come with that Snake Plissken vibe Amen. with the yeah, gun strapped <laughs> to the thigh. Yeah, uh, you know, go uh, please. Show it's in your heart. On my truck. In, yeah. two, in 2004, I parked my car on Kendall Square because I wanted it to get burned for the insurance. Like, I was like, fucking Red Sox are going to win it this year. I'm going to fucking park my car. Nothing happened. Nothing happened? That one girl died, but nothing happened. Other than Jesus. that. Oh, well, she, she could have died in your car and done you a favor. Oh, that would have could have gotten something for that Saturn SL2. You should have just, just drew like a Yankee emblem on it. Yeah. You should have. You could have yeah. parked it there in December. They still would have <laughs> I don't get the... I mean, I'm not... I'm not I don't really understand, uh, like, sports fanaticism at all. I mean, I, I can explain it to you. Please do. You know how you guys live vicariously through, like, superheroes and that? And you have, like, all those discussions. If, you know, if Wonder Woman punched Aquaman... Like, <laughs> that wouldn't, wouldn't happen, happen uh, Seriously, right? wouldn't happen because uh, Aquaman would be underwater. All right, whatever. Okay, uh, okay. Just, all right, there we go. He'd send some fucking dolphins so, I mean, the truth of the matter is Wonder Woman could beat the shit out of Aquaman because he just has aquatic telepathy and she's an Amazon queen, so... Right. See that? Yeah, yeah see now, her in the river. And see then what happens, Chris. Yeah. Oh, fine. You're saying he couldn't summon river creatures like a river otter or some kind of carp? <laughs> river otter. 
That's the most adorable thing to attack yeah, anybody. Yeah, but their teeth, they'll fucking tear your fucking yeah, jugular. No, but yeah. what Bill's trying to say is that we... Uh, we that was just nerd ESPN zone. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, we... That's we, the same thing of like when we, when we go to an ESPN zone and sit in a corner booth that looks like a catcher's mitt yes. and we sit there, you, I think the 85 Bears could beat the 63 <laughs> Eagles. Dude, no one, had a, no one had a better change up than 99 Pedro Martinez. And then, you know... Yeah. Wrong and see, and just because where I'm from, I think that's so much more valid. Yeah. Because at least he's real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> at least he's real. At least Here's the thing. Here's what I don't I yeah, like. Some of these guys with all this stuff. Try and get Aquaman's autograph. I dare you. <laughs> yeah, I was at Comic-Con. I could have got multiple Aquaman <laughs> autographs. Uh, Jonah, I think it's Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's the thing about sports. And I like, I like watching uh, sportsy games uh, because, yeah, it's fun. But here's a here's the thing. It's like when it comes down to a, a dedication to a certain team, it really boils down to you're rooting for a color scheme. You're really rooting for. I'm a big fan of the blue and whites. Oh, nah, I hope no, 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 no one's you ever don't get it. You don't get it. But no one's no, ever. No, I don't. But I you do. Don't get it. It's about. Did you grow up in a town? Not being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking manning up when the whole fucking world is watching you. You're not holed up in a in a tree fort reading a comic book. There's there's, there's pressure. There's pressure involved. And then you win, and you get to bang whores. It's very <laughs> Viking-esque. Yeah, but and it's not like I live that life. I, I live vicariously through that. Like, I wish I could get in a boxing ring, slip a punch, and knock somebody out, and then bang a starlet. I'd love to live that life. <laughs> starlet. You wanted to be a boxer in the 20s. <laughs> Dude, that's... Bill Burr yeah. out with his starlet. <laughs> hey, we'll take uh, three more gins, Nucky Thompson. Uh, <laughs> But you, no, but no, but no All that right there wasn't even funny to me. That like excited me. <laughs> that oh, yeah, would be great. It would be awesome. Yeah, da, 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 da. Look yeah. at this starlet stepping into the love ring yeah, with Bill yeah, Burr. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I have my own restaurant that then fails and then I'm broke afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, there goes old Bill Burr. <laughs> so it's Rocky Six for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You only oh, need two Sugar cents. Ray, a, Sugar Ray, uh, you only need Robertson. two cents a day to eat because it's like the twenties and the <laughs> currencies. You've never seen two nerds though. Like you've ne- like no no nerds have been like. No, you're wrong. Frank Miller's Batman is the best. Punch. Yeah. Like, there's no... We don't fight over our... Yeah, there's a lot of aggression yeah. in sports. Yes, there is. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I know you guys all had bad experiences in gym class. I understand it. <laughs> you don't know you how bad it was. understand that we had those same feelings in science class. <laughs> At some point, everybody feels like they don't belong. I, uh, when I only was, made it to science? <laughs> when, I was in, when I was in eighth grade, they put me in gym with the fifth and sixth graders <laughs> because I was so small. Uh, yeah. So Dude, that, everyone took a beating. Yeah. I took a beating in, uh, in seventh grade gym class. I had ghost white legs. Kid came up, slapped the back. It was like 30 degrees out, so I was already freezing. He came up, slapped the back of my calves. All that stuff, all that bullying stuff. I had you, just, you just have to learn to, you just get some point. It's like prison. You just have to fucking was, wig uh, out one day. There was the day in sixth grade when I got to bring the note that said I had exercise-induced asthma. Oh. And I was like, I don't have to run anymore. Oh. I picked my high school because I didn't have a gym class. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And then I ended up playing football for four years, but whatever. You played football? Yeah. Of course he did. Look at those and Chuck baseball. Muncie glasses. <laughs> 
You guys get that, Chuck Muncie? Really? For the Saints? Nice. I was like, that's going to fucking bomb. <laughs> but you went for it anyway. It just sounds like that. a thing. Chuck Muncie sounds yeah, like Chuck an old-timey... Yeah. Hey, you got one of them you know, uh, Chuck Muncie games. No one's ever said, you know, Chuck Muncie, the pianist. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would play sports, but I was still a nerd. Like, the time we had to get the whole baseball team to comb the outfield for my glasses. Uh. Like, I lost them. <laughs> I couldn't see them. I, the last day I, w- I played baseball, I was really in the Little League growing up. Uh, the last day I played was we were having a game, and my dad was the coach of the team. And in a coke-fueled uh, rage, he uh, he Did you said, say coke-fueled. He, he was like he was he got like he was doing a lot of blow at the time. And Are you so serious? He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's Jonah's dad really, loves you, Montreal. It's also his birthday today. You know that's not okay. No, it's not okay at all. Um, that's really that common, the by the way. <laughs> that's <laughs> really a common situation. And yeah, he had, like uh, but like he's like uh, the opposing team. There, the uh, the there was a kid on it whose dad was also the coach. And then that guy, the coach's dad, was the umpire of the game. And so, and the kid, I was up at bat. The kid was pitching the son, the grandson of the umpire. And a ball went over my head. The first, first ball, like, just went over my head, and it was a strike. I didn't fucking move. It was a strike. And then my dad, I just hear just fucking, like, bullshit! And then comes on stage, throws a bag of shit, like, over the course. He's all, we're all done. We're done here. Let's all go in. And all the team just came off the field. And just off the one parents, pitch? All the parents were like, no, you're done. And he's like, well, I'm taking my kid then. And then I had to leave. <laughs> and that was the yeah, last day. Yeah, you had to go get daddy some more blow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But then that was the last day I played uh, baseball. Daddy so needs to say, score, Jonah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What no, if, but that's, that's very common. Like, a lot of the, like, the, the coaches that I had coming up, like, you know, it's, it's, they didn't make it as an athlete, so now they feel like they're going to be Vince Lombardi or, you know, Earl Weaver. So they're out there, like, and they're just totally, like, you'd get a few of them that would get psycho into it and forget that they were coaching, like, eight- and nine-year-olds. Yeah. And they would just be like, you know, especially if you sucked, like, they would just be like, I came up in the 70s and 80s when you could tell a kid he sucked. <laughs> and just be like, you know, I'm not in, because you suck. Yeah. Sit on the bench. Yeah, I saw a coach. sticky in right field, you know. But, uh, Wait, that's, that's where they put right. bad people? Oh. Yeah, right that's field. where I played. I actually uh, got dizzy. That's why you played in the outfield, dude. <laughs> yeah. uh. I got dizzy and fell down once in the right field, and no one noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, looking at the sky, and then, like, I looked too far back and fell down, and I was like, I was like shit, I got up, looked around, nothing. No yeah. one gives a shit about the oh, right the fielder. the right fielder. I still yeah. remember this dude in gym class, this dude, Bill McClellan. He was one of these guys who was, like, 6'3", in like 240, but I don't know what his deal was. He had this baby Huey look about him. <laughs> and I stuck him in right field, and someone hit this sky-high fly ball, and I just remember it was sunny out, and he was 6'3", and for some reason, he just didn't stand there. He crouched down to about 4'11", and at the last second, he peeked to see where the ball was, and it smashed oh, him right oh, in the face. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. He was going, ah, rolling around. <laughs> And our gym teacher, who slept the whole time, always had his hands down the front of his pants. I just remember standing up, oh, Jesus, Jesus, you see that? And he came running out like, <laughs> like he gave a shit. That was awesome. <laughs> I loved all that. All that stuff was funny to me, watching kids get picked on, even though it was me sometimes. <laughs> you picking on or getting picked on? Either or. I came from a really background of, like, yeah, Lord of the Flies kind of thing, where if you were the weakest, you got the shit kicked out of you, and then you just sort of passed it on like some sort of dysfunctional pay it forward that if there was somebody else weaker than you, you'd just kick. Yeah, we used to do all this. We'd tie a kid to a tree and throw fireworks at him. We did that. 
Do you think that? It and the fact that he was crying made it like more exciting. <laughs> like that's how fucked up. I'm pretty sure that's punishment in Asia Town. <laughs> that's how fucked up. Yeah, that's how fucked up. <laughs> Never show weakness. Yeah, no, it was bizarre. I remember climbing a tree and the kids came by and they just started throwing rocks at us. And we were at the top of the tree. They were hitting us in the ankles and we're up there like six, seven years old crying. <laughs> like swinging in the wind. This just has happened to too many people in the crowd. <laughs> I, I, think that, I think that's hilarious. Did you, uh, do you think that, that honestly, did that, did that sort of prepare you for the career where we feel like so many times in this business we emotionally climb a tree and have rocks thrown at us? Yeah, like the way I, the career path I took, like I just, I went, I steered right into it. I tried to do the hardest rooms because I hated being afraid on stage. So I just would go into those things and just literally, you know, you didn't get physically beat up, but you really just like, there were just times, oh, it was just. What's the worst? Can you think of a couple that were bad? Oh, God. Well, what style room you want? I would say... Uh, you, 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 you can play, actually play some of the black clubs sometimes. Yeah, right? those ones were worse on a level where you felt like it was beyond, if you bombed, it was beyond you bombed. It's like you let down your race. <laughs> like, it's just, you confirmed, you felt you confirmed what they already felt, that white people weren't funny. And uh, I just, oh man, some, just some brutal. I don't know if people, I mean, it's not, it's not, I don't know if you're not familiar with comedy, you don't understand it. it it's, not, it's not a racist thing to say there are, yeah. there, are, there, are, there are black comedy rooms, clubs, and it's a, it's a very different comedy dynamic. It's a very specific um, yeah. kind to, of a room. I used to try to do the comedy union a lot when I first started, which is down on Pico in Los Angeles, and it's a black room. And I did it once just because I was like looking for any place to go. And I didn't know that it was a, it was a black club. And I went, and it was, but like I did pretty good. And then like the guys were all like, you got to come back. That was fucking funny, the way you were talking about being a nerd. And at the time, I didn't talk about being a nerd or anything <laughs> like that. I was like, it was like uh, I was, they were just like convinced that's what I was talking about. They just saw the way I looked, not the, what I was saying. No, and but like, that's the way you kill in those rooms. You just like... You, you just, play up to you, what you look no, like. Yeah, you be yourself, though. But it's, I, I noticed there was two types of guys. One guy would go in... And they would either try to act black mm -hmm. and fucking like that bounce probably, to the music when they went out well. there. Mm -hmm. Some of them, I don't know, they'd have a Fila suit on or oh, whatever Jesus. the fuck they try to get. Away. I'm old, man. That was cool back then. Yeah, Barry Sobel. And, and then they would have, and then there was other guys <laughs> who would just basically play up. They would exaggerate their whiteness. It was kind of really like white, like selling out. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. there was a guy going, "There's a party over here." There's a party over there. I don't know where the party is. Like, yeah. I'm the dumb white guy. I don't know yeah. anything. And I just remember the crowd would totally eat it up, which made me, like, see the similarities. It's like, yeah, give them exactly what they want, and they're going to fucking laugh. So the challenge was in that was, can I go up there? Because I definitely went up there, and I had jokes about race, and that's what I would do first, because those would always kill. And, uh, but then after a while, I'd try to be like, can I go up here and do my, my bit about George Bush? Trashing him and see how that went, and uh, you know it was all those those little things coming up to try to get better, which is how you're able to handle 60 year old people in Montreal. <laughs> years later. You have a bunch of news. I, I your I, your special Let It Go, which you is on Netflix right Netflix now. Netflix is watch. Yes, yeah. it is nerds. Netflix is watch. <laughs> Where is that? You know, a lot of America you guys watches. Know that stuff. <laughs> a lot of people watched entertainment that way. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. No. I don't. I don't even know what streaming means. Uh, yeah, you I, do I it the say old it all the time. They wait, say oh, it's streaming wait, wait, on Netflix. Wait, I have no so, fucking idea. So, what that Bill, means. you're an old timey fella that orders the DVD on his computer and has it sent <laughs> no, home. No, I like having the DVD. It's like having yeah. the gold behind your money. That's what I like. <laughs> I don't like this shit where I lose my iPod and my entire record collection. Back in the day, <laughs> if my stereo broke, I still had the albums. <laughs> You know what you mean? Still kept them? I didn't have to go back and get both. Yeah. Hey, you can like, just back it up on like, a hard I, drive. I, I, no, it freaks me out. It's just in the air. Yeah. 
streaming. Feel, yeah, the it's un- intangible. You can't feel it. Streaming yeah. on Netflix is a euphemism for when you pee on a woman's vagina. I think. Yeah. Is <laughs> right as she gets really old, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, of course, Matthew. Yes, she's very old. Yes, she's getting out of a bathtub. She turns old. But but you said the Netflix thing actually. You're into old chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted some people are into them, you know. You were sincere enough. Kind of the second time you brought that up, I thought maybe you had a, you had a thing. <laughs> yeah. Call back too. Oh okay. Sorry. Yeah, sometimes there are seeds of truth in comedy, Matthew. Noodle stories. Noodle stories. Noodle stories. <laughs> um, zenith of moments. <laughs> but uh, but but what 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 I love is that. Um, you know, you said that the net, the, your Netflix release actually helped you tremendously, which is just sort of an interesting paradigm shift in how people are consuming stand-up comedy specials now. Yeah, because uh, I curse a lot, if you haven't noticed. And uh, the, the place where I first brought it, they, they had commercials and stuff like that. So not only did you have the breakup of the commercials, which if you give them an hour-long special, 16 minutes is gone. Mm-hmm. Plus I did an hour and five. So it was 21 minutes of the special wasn't even shown. And then they're bleeping it as they're going, and then they're cutting to commercial, and it really affected it. So when it was on that, that way I got, you know, your special was good, it was good. But then when it was on Netflix, and you could just sit down and see it for what it was, that's when I got, oh, man, I really liked your special. I'm showing it to friends. So, like, I'm thinking on my next one, I might try to go straight to those guys just because uh, I have an inability to write a joke without cursing. Was <laughs> <laughs> that at the Fillmore? Did you do that at the Fillmore? Yes, I did. That's a great, that's a great room. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a dream that I... I like, there's a few, there's, I'm like a nerd when it comes to uh, sports, music, and then also knowing the history of like venues. Yeah. Like I get off on that shit. Where they, just, they all seem like old theaters all seem to have the same historical arc where it was, it was, the, it was the crown jewel of the neighborhood and everyone <laughs> dressed up to come there and they came from miles around. And then gra- 40 years later, it like, just degenerated into like a porn house. And then yeah. people are jerking <laughs> they off. It, they them. bring it back. And then somebody, yeah. like a Jackie Onassis, like, right. touches her magic wand on it and redid <laughs> it. And then, and then it would become good if they didn't uh, knock it down or raise it, as they always say. Yeah, the film was great. I saw, I saw Chappelle tape a special there uh, once. And it's just, it's oh, just yeah. a really... Did you hear about what he did recently? What? Chappelle? What? He was doing a, uh, a show, and then he saw someone taping it. And then decided to just do like 45 minutes of sighing into the microphone. What? Yeah, that's what we did. Do you ever, is that, that kind of shit ever happened to you? Yeah. No, people, they, they start, they, they don't get uh, that, that it's new material. Yeah. So if you film it and then put it up on YouTube, then I come to town and now it's like old material. And uh, I, I, you know, I get it because just, just the way kids come up, like they just feel like everything is. Uh, like music is free, everything's like free, so they don't, they're not trying to be malicious. So I try to explain it to them, like please don't do that because uh, you know, if it's a kiss of death if you come back to a town and you do the exact same shit again. It's weird, like music they wanna hear over and over again, but if you come back with the same material, they, it, they don't laugh. So uh, you know, it hasn't been too big, of a, too big of a problem. How much, so once, once Let It Go gets released, uh, you know, it's released into the world and then you go tour, do you do completely new material, or do you do, you do well, like half Well, hopefully half? I have a brand new hour before it comes out, because there's like a six-month turnaround. Yeah. And that's, that's you just immediately, the second it's, it's, you're done, you've shot it, I immediately start dropping jokes. And it's whatever joke I was, chunk I was the most sick of. And, uh, you know, and, and when I p- put together a new hour material, I take all rules of, of hack are gone. I'll do a Michael Jackson joke. I don't give a shit. It's just <laughs> anything to be saying something new because it can weave you into something that might be 
uh, might be good material. And then also, I try to live a life where I'm, I'm trying new stuff. And if you're trying new stuff, you're going to fail, you're going to feel stupid, and you're going to end up having a new bit. And, uh, you know, my girlfriend gives me just tons of material <laughs> because she's hilarious. People listen to the podcast. Nia, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. And uh, she just, you know, I don't know. She doesn't take shit from me, so we have funny arguments. So, you know, and I fuck up a lot in life, so I'm able to, and uh, evidently I'm long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm able to put together a new hour, yeah. So you, uh, how's, how's the podcast been for you so far? Are you still? It's been great. You know what kills, it's, it's so amazing, is you put it on the internet, it's like worldwide. And I remember, uh, go, I, did a, I did a gig in uh, Stockholm, Sweden. And I'm going on stage, and I'm like freaking out because the guy in front of me is just speaking Swedish. He's like, Heisen, 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 Heisen. And the crowd, and the crowd's <laughs> just <laughs> like, wah! crowd's going crazy. And I'm going, oh my God, am I going to bomb? And the second one out there, I was like, hey, how's it going? And then they just switch over to a new language, which blows my mind. And they were an awesome crowd. And towards the end, uh, I, I started doing a bit about my dog, which I had mentioned and talked to. I talked to my dog in the podcast, and I was just going like, yeah, so I got a dog. And somebody in the back just goes, Cleo! Oh, like, shit. Yelled out the name of it from the other side of the world. And it was like awesome and really freaked me out all at, all at the same time. That's yeah. awesome. The guy who went before you, was he, did he have a chef hat with a bunch of chickens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Bark, bark, bark. It's so disappointing when you go out. Like when I went to the Netherlands. That's what I, I wanted to see people in wooden shoes with like windmills. <laughs> And you show up, and they're wearing the same clothes. Yeah, it was you like see people from America in wooden shoes. Yeah. <laughs> this is how it is. This is how they dress. Wooden shoes and fanny packs. Burn, so, put your shoes on. <laughs> that's what's so amazing is is here. Like I, because they're people are bilingual here, and they switch from French to perfect English. And so many people with perfect English have been like, I literally like this. I'm sorry, my English isn't that great. You're like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. sound fine. I know two words of Spanish in my yeah. dumb country. We're not bilingual I at all. Love, that's a golem. I got to do it. I got the Rosetta Stone Spanish thing. I just can't stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I wanted a, to get that Rio. one too. I know that. Yeah, I wanted. I wanted to get that too. But then, I don't know. I I, I just feel like a, as as a white person, is it almost condescending to be like, "Cómo estás, Carlos?" Like, is it <laughs> is it kind of? No, I think it's smart. Is it? I think we're running out of water, and the more people you can communicate with, when <laughs> the ah, shit goes down. Yes, agua. Yeah. Yes. Say it in as many different so languages. So it's the opposite of Waterworld. Well, or, or, or at least you can, you can act like, you know, if they're plotting to fuck you over, yeah. you're going to be knowing what they're saying. I think it, it helps <laughs> helps on public transportation. It's a whole new group of women you can hit on. It's, it's just, there's no reason not to learn a new language. I, 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 it's like Bill Burr set a stone where you just scare the shit out of people. <laughs> you need to fucking learn what water means because it's going away and you're going to have to partner up with these fucking foreigners. Fuck, see, see, yeah. I will, see. Yeah, it's all part of the master plan. Bankrupt the dollar, combine us with Canada and Mexico, switch us over to the Amero. You wait. <laughs> the Amero. Na NAFTA is the country. <laughs> now it's uh, all right. I want to we I want to add another guest to the panel because uh, we're uh, you know I just want to make sure that we have enough time for everyone. So, ladies and gentlemen, very very honored to have this guy uh, on our show. Please welcome Reggie Watts. <laughs> same, 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 yeah. Making his way to the stage, the long walk, Reggie. Hugging, shaking hands. How are you, sir? Watts, watts, watts. A lot of fun to hug Reggie, but none of you do it, though. That'd be weird. 
Reggie Watts. Reggie, don't you speak like a hundred languages? I speak uh, two real languages and about ten fake languages. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. That bit, that bit where you go through and you, where you, you, you sort of morph in between like twelve different fake languages is, is freaking mind-blowing. And you think it's easy, like, oh, you're just talking gibberish, but I tried it once and it was, I couldn't pull, I couldn't pull it off. <laughs> How does Reggie do it? It's all, it's all trickery. Well, it, you know, it's just, it's just, I love, I love the sound of language. Like, I love, uh, you know, like sometimes I'll be in a room, lots of people are talking, I love closing my eyes and just listening yep. to like the, the cadences and the syllables that people are using and the way that things flow. Kind of like uh, Superman would go to the upper atmosphere and just listen for crime. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, 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 was, that was so romantic. <laughs> that was so romantic. <laughs> You're just like, listen, look. He's just comfortably bathed in his ability to float and just <laughs> listening. Uh, you I lived can't in tell a lot if of you're making fun of Superman or that actually happened. I'm like, did he do that? It was in the, in the last movie. It was, it was in the, the reboot movie. of the movie. Oh, yeah, sorry. In the last movie, there's like this scene where he just goes up to the edge of the atmosphere and just like listens to all the things that are happening in humanity. Yep. And then he flies back down and helps someone. And then now they're going to reboot it. And then helps someone in the same city that he's always hanging out with. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing I always <laughs> the rest about, of the world. Like Batman. <laughs> like Batman, like he's doing all this stuff. But it's like, does he help, like, you know, the Brooklyn of Gotham City? Does well, he look across the river and go, Brooklyn? Ah, fuck him. Why the fuck? You know, the guy can fly at literally be anywhere in seconds. Like, why not go to, like, you know, I'm sure, like, Muskegon is like, yeah, we'd be fucking great if we had a fucking Superman. Yeah, like, yeah. like, not every city has a Superman. Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't so care about sweatshop labor either. <laughs> <He> <laughs> really it's just petty crime. That's yeah. why That's why he renounced his American citizenship and is now a citizen of the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. like, it's a modern, it's a yeah. modern uh, reality. They yeah. finally had to address it. Yeah. Uh, people don't like America, probably won't like Superman. Let's change it. It's like, I'm done with these policies. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wear jeans. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That's, yeah, that's weird, That's huh? what it means. Jeans and a cape. <laughs> yeah, jeans and a cape. I'm a casual guy. I'm kind of a jeans and a cape kind of guy. I like to wear my jape outfit. I just love japing. <laughs> <laughs> many, many years ago, maybe six years. I don't know why I just looked at my watch to measure years. It's a, it's a really, <laughs> six it's a really ago big now. watch. Six years ago. It's the only thing that watch doesn't do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, a, it's an old calculator watch, but they, uh, they didn't really... It, it's, it's a flush surface, so they didn't really count on the fact that you would need you're, to use your fingers. You're fingernailing it. Yeah. I, I remember getting those way back in the day, and I'm just like... Mm, it's supposed to be, mm, you're supposed to be able to store numbers in it. Yeah. Nothing would scare a vagina away quicker than like, oh, can I get your number? Bleep, 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 bleep. Or let me calculate that tip. <laughs> <laughs> ah, don't worry, I have a calculator. Uh, but Reggie... Re, re, what, yeah. Mike, Mike Furman and I, as Hard and Firm, toured with you like six years ago. That's right. On, I think, maybe the most underpromoted tour <laughs> in the history of entertainment. We, were, we played the whole Pacific Northwest, and we just like go into a bar, and there'd be the staff. And they like four people, and we, you know, we do our whole full shows. But it was really, it was really fun. It was awesome. It was awesome to tour. And when I got sick, you guys took care of me. Yeah, oh. yeah, that was really nice. Oh. We did take care of you, a and bit. and got me a new ni- line six pedal. I, we got you new line six because yeah, your right. line six got lost at the airport. Yeah, yeah. Reggie right. was flying back from England, I think, or somewhere, or maybe Amsterdam, and they it lost was, uh, your luggage. Yeah, Netherlands. Yeah, came they lost the, your luggage, and you, you basically had to wear the same thing for a week. Yeah. Basically, and that's why I continue to do so. It's very cheap. <laughs> <laughs> just don't don't smell me at the end of a week. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. For You're five back. days, I smell. When does your week start? Just so I know. 
<laughs> uh, it usually starts on Tuesdays. All right. Mm. Yeah. It's actually a Venetian week. A Venusian week. That's right. So we're using the Egyptian calendar now. We're not using the you know, Egyptian the calendar. one where you don't have to adjust it. You know, the one Are you still studying transdimensionalism? I still, I still am. Yeah, I'm studying it. Yeah, doesn't mean I'm Can actually doing it. Can really master trans, transdimensionalism? Ah, uh, you, you could. Yeah, it just depends. You know, it's eye of the observer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is over my head. I don't even. But Reggie and I like to have these weird fake science talks yeah, totally. where we just use a bunch of fake words. Yeah, yeah, what do you guys true. think about those, uh, I think it was Japanese scientists that uh, concluded that time travel is impossible? I, I've obviously never it's seen It's an easy Back thing to say. I don't, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember that. I, rem- I remember that recently they created a time cloak. Yeah. Do you hear about that? <laughs> hey, guys, do you hear about the time cloak? <laughs> <laughs> huh? I'm listening. Say, Where are you it. going, ladies? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come back here. It's about time. Uh, um... Well, it's like they did this experiment where they're able to kind of um, delay something from um, being uh, uh, in time. Mm-hmm. So on like this nano, nano scale, they were able to like, uh, what was it? They compressed, that's what it was. It was a type of compression. So they were taking light and there was a particular molecule and they were, um, they were compressing its ability to, uh, pr- to, to continue uh, to continue on its path. Oh, to keep time from coming too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. It's a condom. It's, it's a time a, condom. Yeah. It's a cloak. Is a nice. You make way of time think it. about baseball. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's that numbing gel that I've heard people use to keep from. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, but it was interesting, and there was, but they concluded that you couldn't go beyond a certain uh, amount of time, that you couldn't cloak something. But, of course, we're talking about molecules. So right. you couldn't cloak it, which was interesting to me that they basically slowed down time. They made something go outside of our time stream and then reappear. Well, as soon as we can unify the field theory, uh, I think. I know, the gut. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. really. <laughs> got to go with my gut on that one. <laughs> <laughs> your, background was, well, your background was music. You were, you were in bands. When, yes. When did you decide that you were going to pursue comedy uh you know i was always a i was always a goofball like i was always trying to get like t- attention classrooms and just kind of be this pain in the ass for teachers you know but i also tried to win over the teachers too but i i was always uh, interested in just i just saw things as so silly all the time and i and i saw them as other things you know and and then my favorite was to just you know you know how it is when you when you're when you're in comedy anything you see happening so the way someone's bending over to pick up something now becomes an idea for a bit or something like that or you overhear somebody you're always actively listening for those things and since I was a kid I I just loved it I would laugh my ass off at uh, the, the Muppet show and uh, uh, Abbott and Costello we were talking about earlier and um, with Bill and, and just like the, all the classics Carol Burnett used to crack me up Monty Python and and then I would get inspired by those things and Kind of practice that. So I was doing uh, studying music at the same time, but I was also a goofball constantly, whether wherever I was. When we did that tour, I didn't see you do the same set twice. Like all of the, I think all of the songs that you were doing every night were all basically just improvised. Uh, yeah, uh, songs. Yeah, it's easier that way. <laughs> <laughs> when you do that, do you find that people are coming to your shows and like, oh, how come you didn't do that one thing? And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I feel bad sometimes because I'll go to shows and they'll be like, uh, do that, what about blowjobs? Or whatever. And, 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 or they'll be like, oh, uh, Love Line. They'll, you know, because these videos, basically I improvise a song and people name the song based off of a lyric that they think that I say inside of the song, inside of all the gibberish I'm saying. Yeah. And so then that becomes the name of the song and I don't necessarily know what song it is at all. 
So people are like, dude, uh, quarterback. And I'm like, I, I, <laughs> I, I know that that might be a name of a song I have. But um, so, I mean, it is weird when people want to hear a song and it, I, I can't redo it because it was, it was improvised. So, yeah. Quarterback, come on, baby, come on back, come on, quarter, cause the hole isn't enough anymore. That that wasn't it. That wasn't it. That, that was it. <laughs> no, you, guys, you guys, that guy will back me up. That was not quarterback. You, you are YouTubing way too much. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, when you did, the, actually, you did do a blowjob song when we were in Seattle. Yeah. There was a piano on stage, and Reggie started playing this really beautiful song. <laughs> this is really pretty intro. It's a good piano player. And then just launched into, what about blowjobs? <laughs> In the middle of a dark and stormy night. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, well, song, the song them? devolves into you describing in detail, like, first you take the cock from the pants and you twist it in the... Like, it just, it just got buried. In, and you put it on your tongue and you lick it with your mouth. Like, we're like... <laughs> a good two minutes of of, descri- of beautiful music. Yeah, well, I just think it's so great to like just clinically <laughs> like analyze something that's like so not that at all. I mean, that's not what it's like. I in the love that. I love it. that as a comedy device of like the clinical thing in the romantic idea. It, yeah, yeah, right. It, it, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. I love. I, and not only that, but a lot of times like the stuff that I that I'm singing about or stuff that I'm commenting about are things that I. That I noted that I kind of are bother me, yeah. you know, and then those things, or a fascination with something. So I like clinically analyzing the that thing that I either that either bothers me or the thing I'm fascinated with, but like in a really clinical way, or like describing uh, snow owls. Like I was for a while, I was getting into describing snow owls and the way that their <laughs> their their ears are 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 not symmetrical, so um, they have 3D hearing because their ears are slightly different different heights, and then they can track things um, three-dimensionally, even under cover of brush or snow and stuff like that, and then have weird, like, tattered feathers on the trailing edge of their wings, so they're completely silent because it disrupts the turbulence <laughs> off the back of the wings. Uh-huh. Like, so, so I would just describe that, just describe all of that, just information, information. So you're saying my Bose sound stick won't work to give them surround sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They have constant surround sound. So would, would you put, like, music underneath that, or is that part of just... Like uh, the so gibberish, not gibberish, but like. No, I mean, actually, no. That usually I would have music under. I'd be playing piano uh, and just kind of like a romantic, like a ballad sounding thing, and then just kind of go over it. They might be giants. Described that one. They were describing their own music once as, and I'd never thought of it this way, and it it totally made sense as fact-based songs. <laughs> that's true. I mean, it is. Yeah, I guess maybe you know, in a way, like that's that. They might be giants. Just blew me away in that in that way that they would just be so literal, but they describe it in such an odd way. Yeah. It was the beautiful, and they were just amazing musicians. So it was uh, kind of it just fried my brain when I would listen to those guys. I love your harmonies. Like every time, I mean, I I literally could watch you perform all the time, and I I get excited about like, oh my god, when you start layering harmonies live, it just fuck it. I get, I mean, I literally just punch the air. I'm like, god damn it, how does he do that? You know, like just cause, like being in a comedy band, like it's the shit's hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's e- weirdly enough, it's easier when you're by yourself to do that stuff. <laughs> oh, you know? I especially when, especially when it's looped, because you got you got a whole rotation to figure out what your next thing is. Yeah, you know, so it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and you're just like, well, I'm just gonna start on this note, and then you start on that, and then you hope that that works, and then you do the next note. So how, it's it's. Fun. How long did it take you to be that free? Like that sounds like something if you were alone, you could do it, and then yeah. when you first get to a crowd, because like just kind of like if you're doing like just like straight stand up. 
going up. I, there was a period where I would write everything out, and then I would go on stage, and I felt like I was reading a teleprompter. And then it became more, I would see something just be like, oh, you know, guy walking downstairs, and I would just write that. And how I would write it would just be just to say it to a crowd and yeah. figure it out. So as far yeah. as, like, it always fascinated me watching you improvise and being like that, like, free. Like, how long did it take you to get like that? Were you always like that because you played in bands first? Yeah, I mean, we, we used to improvise all the time, and, and we would create structures. Basically, we'd say, like, oh, okay, uh, we're going to try to do a whole night where we just do five-minute songs, and they'll have, um, you know, an A section, a B section, a C section, and I'll try to remember a chorus and always hit the hook again. So I was always thinking structurally. So, um, so I got comfortable musically making up lyrics and melodies with a band playing. You know, we were all doing it together. And then uh, when I started doing... Uh, comedy, it was like free association. I didn't have anything. It was really kind of horrible. I think if you anybody would have seen me in the beginning do 20 minutes of me trying to figure out what it is I'm trying to do, it was horrible. <laughs> like it was just horrible. <laughs> but 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 over but over time, it was really about yeah about just watching the room, listening to the room. You know, when an idea happens, say the idea, and the, and it's really I'm going off of the energy of the audience. I mean, just like anybody does, really, whether it's completely structured. Well, I don't know. I think in stand up, you ha you have your bits, but you can also like change it up anytime you want. You know, right. if some if someone's digging something, you can go with this other kind of. Material. It's getting to that level of comfort too, where you're out, where you're out of your head, where your brain's not in the way. Yes, and you're there's there's basically just like an open highway between the shit that's coming out and your mouth and yeah. it's like everything's kind of falling high, into high bandwidth man that's what it is yeah. you gotta have high bandwidth and you have a buffer memory so that you can actually make changes in real time while the but you're still just you're still spewing information but you're kind of slightly ahead of it so you're able to go like that's not gonna oh this is gonna work no that's gonna go well I don't know well, let's try it then. Really, you know it does it does feel like and, and I, I've said this before to complete uh, uh, confusion of people that I say it to but <laughs> that that moment from uh, the original Spider-Man movie where okay shut up Jonah okay shut up <laughs> you'll know this you probably saw the Spider-Man movie right the, the I hated it start. you did that Spider-Man had a beautiful girlfriend in the in the comic books. Oh, you didn't like uh, oh, I had that raven-haired like beauty. Yeah, and yeah, then Mary that Jane fucking Jackson. little teeth oh, fucking girl just, <laughs> <laughs> I just never bought it. I just that guy never was a it. bitch. I never bought it. Bill Burr is a part of a she had titties. Bill Bill Burr is a part of a growing uh, movement called the Dunst Haters. Uh, <laughs> no, you dunst. Um, but but it, <laughs> it's that it's that moment where where Flash Thompson like where where just time slows down. Yeah. And sometimes when you're when you're on stage and everything's firing, everything slows down. And and as you're talking, you can kind of you're aware of everything in the room. I guess that they call. I guess bullet that's the time. zone. I guess that's the zone. The zone. Yeah. Bullet time. ESPN <laughs> <laughs> zone. What, what, what I think is weird. Sometimes you're like you're on stage. If, you know, if you're like improvising a bit or you're in this like moment. It's like so. It's going so well that it feels like it's on automatic. Yeah. And you're almost noticing it as it's happening, like outside of yourself. You're kind of like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. Wait, wait a minute. Where am I? If I'm there, you know, like yeah. like, but strange feeling, man. But your act, you you can perform all over the world. I'm still nervous. Like I don't know. I don't think I would go over that well in like England or or be like you could perform in Germany or you could perform in any other country because of because of what you do. Are, have you been? Yeah, well, it's funny when I, I went on tour with the Far Side, like uh, 2001 or something like that, and uh, we w it was a European tour, so we were like in you know Italy. No one gives a fuck about English. Oh, right? I was hoping that they toured Gary Larson's The Far Side comic. 
They just took around a couple cows <laughs> and a bell-shaped guy. I, some really like hippie women with like horn-rimmed glasses. Yeah. Bunch of dinosaurs with cigarettes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, look at all this artwork. <laughs> but first, let's hear from. <laughs> <laughs> tour is a million dollars a show to tour with all these animals. I'm sorry. No, that was it. Okay. No, I know. No, that was the tour. No, but when I when I performed it, you know, I was nervous because a lot of these countries, no one spoke English at all, and so uh, I would learn a few phrases from whatever country I was visiting, just a few random phrases. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, "How do you say, take the knife out of out of the wood block, or <laughs> you know, or help me on Friday, or something like that?" Or I left my wallet in El Segundo. I, or <laughs> I left my wallet in whatever appropriate city yeah. would would be the equal to El Segundo to us. But I, I don't know what that means. Anyways, <laughs> but, but what, what I'm saying is that I would, I would just do gibberish. I would like mimic the cadence of the language, and then I would just do dumb body language, and you know, not not dumb, but you know what I mean. Just uh, just me being silly and uh, being very physical, and then saying words that kind of sound like their language, but once in a while saying an actual phrase, and that's that's what I would do. And then and then music, but it's really the idea of language because you can really display a lot linguistically without speaking a language. You know, if you're speak it's weird, like you can almost speak in a, f like, like how something goes out of focus in film. Yeah. You kind of do that with language. So it goes out of focus, but people are still hearing things. Um, they're still picking out their own things, or they're like, oh, that's a joke. But it's not really a joke. It's just the sound of a joke. But that's what's fascinating about it is that you, you know, for like for someone like, but for someone like me, like I, I'm, I put a lot of importance on like the exact words that yes. I use to write them. That's a good and thing. so, and yeah, but 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 what you do says like, you know, words actually aren't as important. It's you know, it's it's the way that we, uh, it's the way that we present language is really the most important thing in the way we communicate. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, th I think so. Yeah, I mean, because I just like, I think it's because when I was a kid. I, you know, my mother's French and my dad's uh, dad's American, and then I was born in Germany, so we moved like Germany, Spain, Italy, um, uh, and yeah, and that's it. But and my mother was French, so I heard a lot of different languages as a kid, and then growing up in Montana um, was like this perfect. I was so fascinated with that, and then sound and music. So I would always listen to things and try to mimic things, mm -hmm. and sometimes I was only mimicking the way because you're mimicking. You can't. That's not learning necessarily. But it is a type of uh, reflective capability, I guess. But that's how kids learn. That's how kids learn. They just spit back. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, and you just hold on to that. No, most people would be like, well, "That's time to grow up now," don't you think? <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, uh, are you are you touring? Are you just on? T I feel like you're on tour all the time. <laughs> I mean, all of us. Are, you, you're probably on tour all the time. I mean, I, I feel like I'm on. I always find it funny when somebody goes, "Are you you're still on tour?" It's like 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 there's a beginning and an ending to it. It's yeah, like, no, I, this is how I buy Cheerios. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I don't want to go to Kansas City. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's always funny. People are like, yeah, you want to tour, and I'm like, oh, you mean if they're like a continuous string of never shows stops, yeah. that that never stop? But I think there is such thing as a tour. Like the Conan tour was a tour, but um, but you know, it's like it has a it, here's the name of the tour, and here are the beginning dates and the end dates, but. But like no, I mean I I have been I've been touring around, and but I actually have my own tour coming up in August. I'm doing like a mini U.S. tour, um, uh, my first headlining tour. So oh sweet, we'll we'll see how that goes. Are you going alone, or is, is someone going to open for you? No one's opening for me. I don't have a tour manager. It's just me. So it's essentially the same. I'll thing do I'm doing. both. That, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's ridiculous that you haven't headlined yet. I really first time, the first time I saw you was UCB in like 2006, maybe. Yeah, and I was just like, this fucking guy's a genius. 
I remember that, like, uh, just totally blown away. Even right. those guys can't take compliments, they're gonna make you uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I just really had never seen anything like that. I was just this guy. I was spilling water here. No, but seriously. <laughs> Hand no, water. but seriously, like he's one. Of, I like. I don't watch other comedians on YouTube just because I don't want their jokes in my head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's because you're riffing on stage. You don't want to fuck up and you know go into somebody else's lane. But what I love about Reggie, other than I'm a huge mu- music fan, is that he's not going to do any. I, I'm, I can't do this anything that he does. Yeah. So I can just sit there as a fan and watch. It I really probably is. watch all of your videos. Oh, All of them. I just sure. think you're so special, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> All we're saying is everything you do is perfect. Uh, it's, it's 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 people. It's it's like like I put you in the same kind of thing with like Maria Bamford. It's like she like so yeah. original. You can't there like there's literally nothing else to compare it to. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a you know it's funny because like it's also a thing like where I didn't feel like. Uh, I was I was really happy when I was marginally and then fully accepted by the comedy community because you know I did comedy in high school a bit and uh, I did some stand up then but like uh, you know then I did music for a while and so when I came back and I was doing my thing and I felt like I was kind of fucking around on stage and I had this effect pedal and I felt like oh that's the crutch I'm leaning on the crutch and but um, people were cool you know like the comedy community that's why I really love like everybody like up here and and the New York comedy scene and then it's like you know there's a reflective um, uh, element of people in LA and Portland and Austin and all those cats are so accepting so I felt really honored to be a part of that because you know people work really hard on (laughs) their material and it's like here I am I always thought oh I'm just fucking around on stage but you know it is a product of my experience but it's it's just fun to watch you and your voice is insane like your voice uh, I I told you this the other night like you know you jump from like one note to another crazy note and you fucking stick it like (laughs) the notes and and I'm always jealous of that because I always feel like, like in a comedy band, I, I'm always kind of like, oh, there's the yeah. note. Like, yeah. you know. The fact that you can go from sounding like Shabba Ranks to Mariah Carey is just <laughs> insane. It's pretty incredible. You're, any, anywhere on the Shabba Carey scale. Uh, <laughs> and, and anywhere, anywhere in between. Where do you rely on that? <laughs> do you sit down to, to write, or do you just kind of like, this is just what comes out? You know, I, no. <laughs> I, I try to, but I, I can't. I, whenever I go, sometimes I'll get up and I'll be like, I think I'm gonna try to write something. <laughs> I just, I just don't. I, get, I, I think I get off on like me, fucking like just having a conversation with somebody, and they're like, "You're about to go on." I'm like, oh, "Okay." So anyways, blah 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 blah, and they're just like, "Hey, Reggie was," and I'm like, "Oh, oh, fuck!" And then I go on, <laughs> I go on stage, and I'm just like, "Start," yeah, you know. And yeah. I like that. Uh, start. I'm, I'm always trying to figure out how to start. That as long as I can start okay, I think I'm a f- I'll be fine. I'll land on my feet. But it, you know, for me, I'm always trying to like. Well, I always do. Or I've done that hip hop character before. Let uh, me. You know, my new thing is I'm trying to start sincerely. <laughs> so, 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 like, so I, you know, that's my, that's my thing. I work on starts, but I work on them just before I'm about to go on. So. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'll go on kind of physically or, or, you know, I'll go on and fuck around with this thing. But then sometimes I'll, I'll have that in mind. Like, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. As soon as I get up to the mic, I'm like, hello, how are you doing? Like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Forgot. 
Do you know, uh, do you kind of have an idea when you go up to do a set, like how many songs you're going to do, or is it just sort of like, yeah, whatever comes out, you just let it kind of flow? I always say bullshit song, bullshit song, bullshit. I mean, that's that's my pattern. I just yeah. oscillate between talking and, and doing a Dude, song. Dude, I even like the little stuff that, that just kills me is the, the over-adjusting of the mic. It <laughs> <laughs> kills me. That thing on your stand-up special where you were playing this really soulful thing on the keyboard, and you always see so many musicians... Just kind of put the head up on the flag, <laughs> and you just kept leaning back. <laughs> and it, it got to that point. It's like, is he going to fucking fall? I was watching that with my girl. We were laughing our asses off. And that's like that Jerry Lewis thing I was telling you, like that oh, pantomime yeah. stuff, any of that stuff where you don't speak and you can still make them laugh, like yeah. blows me away because I'm like such like a ranter. I have like such a respect for that. Does it come from a place of pain? It does. <laughs> uh, thank you for asking, Burr. You know, um, when I we were talking backstage. No, I, I, but you know the thing is that what I love is what that. I love by the way, was a classic comedian to comedian moment. That's my. Favorite. Oh shit! Sure. Yeah, yeah, let me check. Is that Aquaman? <laughs> I think it's Aquaman. Jonah, your grandfather died again. <laughs> Good. He was a piece of shit. Oh, let I him ruined die it twice. No, but that was such a. Classic comedian to comedian moment where it was actually was becoming this sincere thing. We're like, oh fuck, we need to jump out the porthole yeah, of a joke. Yeah, 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 let's no, just it's make like, this. Like, it's like two bros having a sincere yeah. moment where they talk about how they like each other. It's like, no, I really care a lot about you. You too, man. Faggot. No, but but you <laughs> know what? Yes. It's they, weird. It's as the it, same thing. Comedian yeah. version is you you just go into a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Do you know yeah. Do you know why? Because I think because we are so. Well, number one, like comedians, you know, like, we we suffer from insecurities, and we also never want to be the dick. And so when someone says something real... Well, okay. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but for realsies, though, like when someone says something to no, you... Thank you for saying realsies. <laughs> for realsies. When someone, says, when someone says, like, hey, that was really awesome, what you did, that was really funny, if you go, thank you, you're, like, you're, you're almost <laughs> kind of like, I know it's great. You know what I mean? So there's that defense mechanism, like, oh, I don't know, I'm just trying to do a thing. Well, know? and also just keep the energy up, you know, because sometimes if it's just, like, so sincere, it's like, well, now, what, are we inside the actor's studio right yeah. now? <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, it's comedy, it's comedy. Reg Reggie, I'd like to speak to <laughs> hip-hop guy, <laughs> if I may. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite swear word? <laughs> well, if I, I hope you people of... realize the musical genius. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it seems so difficult what you do on stage. I believe it's what. <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> so I just have to retrieve the spittle <laughs> dribbling down the corners of my food hole. Um, well, I, I want to. Uh, we're sort of coming near the end of the show, so if you if you have a few minutes, would you would you close the show with a song for us? Sure, too? I'll burr it out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So yeah. Okay. Here we go. This is just gonna be a straight song. That's it. One, two, three, four, two, one, eight. Five, three, two, six, one, two, nine, three, four. Lollipop. <laughs> Five, two, no, that's not it. Okay, here we go. This is it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Did you say? No, okay. Here we go. Okay. 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 You know what the funny thing is? Like, whenever, I, whenever I'm beatboxing, because I'm beatboxing all the time or like coming up with song ideas, I always come up with the stuff that I want to do on stage. And then when I get on stage, I'm doing the stuff that's like, like, 
like 80% below that, which, is, which <laughs> sounds really weird, but I'm like, oh, it's a really funky bass line. It's like, oh, listen to that drum fill. And then every time I do it, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I'm going to do for you now. Here we go. Watch a bunch of BBC, yeah. And when see there's a BBC marathon of very funny things. And I would see a man with coconuts coming with a big backpack over a hill and a king by a side galloping on, not a horse, mimicking the action of a horse as a child would, but he's wearing full armor. I think that's pretty funny, and I think a lot of other people did too. Yeah, but I'm very, you gotta understand your life is a lovely thing. You gotta watch. Someone who had knowledge of gear ratios Going up speedy hills and coming down to and fro And I would go and park in garages late at night with my friend And we would watch Silver Streak and get inspired Yeah, yeah. and I know what you're saying, Richard Pryor yeah. How does that inspire you to ride a bike? Well, just try watching it and then riding a bike And then let me 
but tell me later. Anyways, listen, I know I'm really proud to be on this show, because lots of beautiful minds I've seen over time in California and sometimes in New York. Yeah. Bill Burr, someone I respect intimately, because every time he gets on stage, I feel as though he's truly a good person, and I really like where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 yeah. I'm now Enjoy your burrito in... Wait, 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 I'm sorry. Enjoy your poutine, everybody. Thank you for coming out. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast was brought to you by GoToMeeting, the award-winning web conferencing service. For your free 30-day trial, visit GoToMeeting.com and enter the promo code NERDIST. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like sure. to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This mother lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the Wayback machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus and the wondery app or on apple podcasts